uh, I'm fairly confident this morning. Uh, I, 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 sometimes a pastor doesn't, doesn't know whether or not that the, the, the subject is going to hit everybody. Sometimes you feel like you help some people, and then sometimes you feel like you didn't help anybody. But, but I'm, I'm fairly confident that, that I'll, be able to, I'll be able to hit everybody with this one. I, I believe everybody will deal with this, face this, struggle with this sometime in their life. And that's the subject of discouragement. Discouragement. How many of y'all would admit to your preacher this morning and just be honest for about five seconds and say, Preacher, I've been discouraged before. I've been discouraged. You might be discouraged now. Discouragement is real. Discouragement is real. Give me as much volume as you can, Doc. Uh, it, 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 is, it is a powerful, powerful thing that, that can cause great damage in the Christian walk. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Uh, Matthew chapter number 11. We're going we're gonna to talk about one of, one of the coolest, in my opinion, the coolest Bible characters there is. Uh, uh, when you eat locusts and wild honey and walk around with a leather girdle, you a bad man. Say amen. I mean, uh, this, is, this is the New Testament equivalent of the Old Testament Elijah. And, and John Baptist, John Baptist was a cool dude. I mean, he, he came as the forerunner of the Messiah. And, and uh, it, we, let's just get into it. At Matthew chapter 11, have you found your spot? <coughs> Excuse me. Verse number one, and it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his 12 disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Now when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Now this is John Baptist sending his, his, his disciples, those that were in his meetings, to find Jesus and say, Are you sure you're the one? Or do we need to look for somebody else? Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. And as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, What went ye out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind? What went ye out for to see a man clothed in soft raiment? Alabama translation is, uh, did you go to see a sissy? Yeah. Yeah. Who, who, just who did you think you was going to see when you got out there? I mean, did you think it was just somebody, just a passing, just a passing wind? Behold, there the, they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what went ye out for to see a prophet? Yea, I say unto you, more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Verily I say unto you, Among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Father, thank you for your mercy and your kindness today. Help us today. Give us what we stand in need of. Lord, I pray that you'll just give me strength to preach your word. Lord, we'll praise you and thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Let's set the table. Let's set the table to get the gist of this chapter, to really get the goody out of this chapter. We have John Baptist who, who from his mother's womb, is filled with the Holy Ghost. 
The Bible says when he was even in his mother's womb and he heard the salutation of, of, of Mary talking about Jesus and hearing the name Jesus in his mother Elizabeth's womb, he leaped for joy, uh, filled with the whole... I'm, I'm talking about had the touch of God on him from birth. He is in the wilderness. He is the forerunner, if you will. He was the one that God the Father sent before he sent his son to get the people prepared for his son's arrival. And in the wilderness, according to John chapter number 1, that God the Father gave John the Baptist a sign, if you will, to, to assure him and to give him confidence of who the Messiah is. And you all know the story. John is preaching, and he is, he is coming. And, and the Bible says the word of the Lord came to John in the wilderness, and he came preaching the gospel. He came preaching, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. He came and had revival services. I mean, for a while, in a period of time, John is a rock star, if you will. Crowds of people are coming to him and repenting and getting right with God and being baptized. And, and John, the Pharisees, come out to him, and, and boy, he gets their attention real quick. And he says, you need to go and show me meat, fruit, meat of repentance. You need to show me you've repented. And I mean, he didn't put up with anything. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And they were questioning him and asking him, are you, the, are you the Messiah? Are you the one that has been prophesied? Are you the one who, who, who all the prophets have said have come? Are you the Messiah? He said, no, sir, I'm not the Messiah, but there's one coming after me. I'm not even worthy to latch his shoe. I'm not he, but there's one on the way. I am baptizing with water, but there's one coming that will baptize with fire and the Holy Ghost. I'm not he, but he's on his way. And all of a sudden, here comes, here comes Jesus walking down the riverbank in the River Jordan, and he stops the whole revival service and says, Hey, behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. He proclaims at that moment, That's him, that's him, that's him. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. And Jesus comes, he baptizes him. Now watch this, you got to get this, it's real important. When he baptizes Jesus, the Bible says that the heavens open and the Spirit of God descends as a dove out of heaven and lights upon Jesus. And they heard a voice from heaven saying, Behold, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Are y'all with me? We find the proclamation of the prophet. We find the sign of the Holy Spirit descending as a dove just like God told him it would be. We hear the voice from heaven proclaiming and assuring, this is him, this is him, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. There's no other, there's no other confirmation needed. This is him, this is him. But now we have John in the prison. Now we have John in the prison for preaching the gospel, for, for doing what he's supposed to be doing. He used to be a rock star, now he's a jailbird. He used to have crowds following his ministry, and now he has two disciples. And he says, are you sure you're him? Now what would cause a man who is so assured, so full of the power of God, and so anointed, and so confirmed that he says, behold, the Lamb of God was taken, to now saying, are you sure? Isn't it amazing what happens in our lives when we get discouraged? When we get discouraged, we'll say things we would normally not say. We would, we would believe things that we normally wouldn't believe. We would, we would act in ways we normally wouldn't act. 
Let me tell you something. Discouragement is real. Let me give you three things about discouragement I find in this chapter that will help us today. Number one, I want you to see the place of discouragement. Say that with me. We see the the place of discouragement. What kind of place did he get to cause him to go from this great man of God who is preaching the gospel, who is so assured of who Jesus is, to the man who is doubting and discouraged and wondering, are you him or do we need to look for somebody else? What, 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 what place in life do you get where that is a problem and that is an issue? I believe this, it was a place of confinement. It was a place of confinement. See, you got to understand, he's a wild man. He's a wilderness wanderer. He's the country boy. He's not, he's not an office type. He would not be sitting behind a computer uh, in his office. No, 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 no. He was an outdoorsman. I, I told the early service, I said if he was living today, he would have his own reality show. Y'all with me? Eating locusts and wild honey. And I, I've missed that. Uh, 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 I'm glad you're back. Amen. How many of y'all glad Carla's back? Aren't you glad? I mean, all going to California and Yosemite and all that. Amen. I don't know why I said that, but that's just, it's here. I'm glad y'all back. Amen. Steve, we're glad to have you too. Amen. I'm not going to leave you out. Listen, he ate locusts and wild honey. He's out in the wilderness. He's a country type. Now he's used to the wide open range and the fresh air and all of this stuff. And now he's in a dank, dark prison. He can't fix his situation. He can't change his situation. There's nothing he can do to fix the problem he has. Now, what does that have to do with us? Have you ever been in a situation in your life where you can't do nothing but pray? Listen, last night we were praying with a family. Last night we were praying with a family who, whose son was playing in the waves at Panama City Beach yesterday. And one post in Facebook and one post, hey, this is great, uh, sitting in the sand, enjoying the sunshine, and the boys are in the water. And the next post, please, please pray. We're on our way to the hospital in the ambulance. There's been an accident. Dives into a wave, dives into a wave, and crushes his C6 and C5 vertebrae in his neck. In emergency surgery, and we're pegging God and praying and praying. And, and listen, there's nothing we can do but pray. I'm telling you, there'll be times in your life where God will put you into a situation where there's nothing you can say, there's nothing you can do, there's nothing but pray and wait on God. I'm telling you, that's discouraging. You see your kids going through a difficulty. You see your kids going through a situation, and you know there's nothing you can do to fix it. There's nothing you can do to change it. You find that you get a call from the doctor, and all you can do is wait and pray. And listen, that is frustrating. Listen, the nation of Israel there, as they leave Egypt, here they are, the Red Sea in front of them. We've got Pharaoh bearing down upon them, and God says, be still and know that I am God. Hey, listen, we might be still, we may know that he is God, but let me tell you, that's discouraging. I see people that, that they're in a bad way in their marriages, in a bad way in situations, and I counsel them, and I tell them, listen, you need to do this, and, you, and I, can't, I can't make them do it, and my hands are, I'm telling you, that's frustrating discouraging here I, I used to be the here I used to be the camp meeting preacher here I used to be the revival preacher even though I knew I knew that I must decrease and he must increase now that I have decreased it's still hard the place of confinement 
Listen, not only is it a place of confinement, this, this will get many of us right here. I believe, I believe it was a place of confusion. Confusion. Preacher, where do you get confusion out of this? At what point, at what point did John Baptist send the disciples to go talk to Jesus? The Bible says when he was yet shut up in the prison, now watch, this is it, this is it. When he heard the works of Christ, he sent his disciples. I wonder what he heard. I wonder what he heard. Now, to really get this, you got to understand the type of person John Baptist was. You got to understand the type of preacher that John Baptist was. You got to understand the type of ministry he had. It was hell, fire, and brimstone. It was turn or burn. It was repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. I mean, he told them Pharisees, don't even come to be baptized. You go out and show me. You bring fruit, meat of repentance. And, and I mean, he told the king, I mean, I bought, hey, hey, it is not lawful for you to have your brother Philip's wife. It is not, I mean, he didn't, it was, it was, it was, are y'all with me? Amen. Him and Joel Osteen would not preach on the same platform. <laughs> y'all with me? Now, you can take it however you want to take it. I'm just saying they would not fit together. Amen? It was, it was just an in-your-face type deal. But then he heard about Jesus. He heard that there was this woman caught in the very act of adultery. I'm not talking about rumored. I'm not talking about talk. I'm talking about caught in the very act of adultery. And put at his feet. And Jesus said, woman, where are thine accusers? Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. He did what? I mean, he just let her go? You t he is eating with who? He is hanging out where? Publicans and sinners. Isn't it amazing that God don't check us when he does something? I'm glad God don't check my opinion when he decides to do what he wants to do. Half these birds run around, half these preachers, they need to understand that God don't have them on speed dial to make sure what he does is okay with them. I believe, I believe, I believe he thought, what in the world? You see, because it was different. Jesus didn't really operate and act the way John thought that he would. Because it says when he heard the works of Christ, he said, we need to find out, if he, are you sure you're him? How about, how about the prophet Elijah? Y'all remember him? Elijah had that, had that mountaintop revival on Mount Carmel. Y'all remember he, 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 he was against the, the prophets of Baal, and, 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 and they had this contest because they, they didn't really know which way they was going to go. He said, listen, if God be God, follow him. If Baal be God, follow him. And they answered him not a word. Well, that's a bad place to hear, especially if you're the preacher. They answered him not a word, so they had a contest. Y'all know, called fire down from heaven, consumed the fatted calf. I mean, it was a cool thing. I mean, a cool thing. Had, he won the contest. They killed the prophets of Baal, made a nonprofit organization out of them. Say amen. <laughs> Wiped them all out, killed them all. He was so excited. 
He was so jacked up. Man, this is great. They're going to follow God now. They're going to follow. This is wonderful. And the Bible said he outran Ahab's chariot all the way back to the palace. Now, you know you in revival when you outrun horses and chariots. Amen. I'm talking about he gets to the palace. He's so excited. Hey, man, God has sent revival on the mountain. It's going to be great. The king's going to turn around. Things are going to be different now. And when he got to the palace, he got a death threat. Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you just like you killed my prophets. And he ran. The Bible said he fled for his life. And at one point, the Bible says he left his servant there and he got alone. Let me tell you all something. The first instinct we have when we get discouraged, we get depressed, is want to get by ourselves. When I get discouraged, I don't want to see nobody. I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to be around nobody. But let me tell you something. That's very dangerous. Even though you want to be alone, let me give you some good advice. Have that one person. Have that one person that you trust enough, that you love enough, that you can hang out with, even if it ain't for counseling, even if it's just go get an ice cream, he don't have to say nothing to you, you don't have to say nothing to him, but you need to be with somebody. Don't get alone when you're discouraged. The Bible says he was by himself. He got to the point, he said, God, kill me. Just take my life. I don't even want to live no more. And he said, I'm the only one. And when you get discouraged, you think you're the only one serving Jesus. He said, I don't even want to live no more. I'm not, I'm not better than my father. And I, 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 y'all know. And you know what caused that? Because God didn't do in the palace what he did on the mountain. And sometimes when we pray and we ask God to do something, we've already got it pre-programmed in our head what we think God's going to do. And we said, God, you need to do A, B, C, D, and E. And, and God don't even get in our alphabet. Are y'all with me? How many times you sat down to pray and you had it all lined up the way it's supposed to be and God didn't do nothing you thought he was going to? I know y'all a lot more spiritual than I am, but that happens to me sometimes. And I wonder, God, what, what, what's going on? What's going on? What about Peter? What about Peter? I love, I love Peter. He, he, he's constantly putting his foot in his mouth. I can relate to that. Say amen. When you talk as much as I do, it's a God's wonder I don't say any more stupid things than I already do. Amen. <laughs> Jesus is dealing with Peter. Jesus is dealing with Peter. And, 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 and he's trying to tell him what's fixing to happen. He said, listen, the shepherd's going to be smitten and the sheep are going to scatter. He said, not me. Not me. They can all they can all flee, but I ain't going nowhere. I'll be beside you till the end. I'm, I, I'll die for you. Jesus said, no, you don't understand. Your spirit's willing, but your flesh is weak. You're going to deny me before the cock crows. You're going to deny me three times. No, 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 no. You, that, uh-uh, uh-uh. He said, oh, yeah. And y'all know what happened. They're in the garden with Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, and the crowd comes. This is, man, this is unbelievable when you get the gist of this. Uh, the crowd comes to arrest Jesus. They, uh, Judas comes and kisses him on the cheek, and they, they try to arrest Jesus. Well, this is what Peter does. He pulls out his sword, and the Bible says he cuts off the ear of Malchus, the, 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 the servant of the high priest. And you got to understand something. He don't just... I believe he was, I believe that, I believe the servant went, 
He was aiming for his head. And he missed. But he got an ear. He got an ear. Y'all know what happened. Jesus reaches down, picks the ear up, and puts it back on his head. Now, if I was those soldiers, I would leave him alone. I say, y'all got this, boys. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Amen. I now, watch what happens. Watch what happens. Jesus turns around and chews Peter out. Put your sword up. Those who live by the sword will die by the sword. Put your sword up. Now, actually, Jesus healing this man saved Peter's life. But, but see, Peter's getting chewed out for, now watch, nobody else stood up for Jesus. No other disciple. Now, you got to understand, Peter literally risked his life. He was so outnumbered, it was ridiculous. He wasn't going to make it out this garden alive. But he was willing to fight for Jesus, and now Jesus is chewing him out. You going to chew me out? Who else risked their life for you? Who else? Amen. And then to top it all off, Jesus does like this. What are you doing? You're the king. You're the deliverer. You're the Messiah. You're the one we've been waiting for. What do you you can't give up? You gotta fight. You can't you can't quit. I thought we was gonna rule. I, I thought I thought you was the king, and we was gonna rule and reign with you and what are you doing? Do you know what you know what Peter's words to the to the maiden when she came and said, "I think you were with him." This was Peter's exact words: "I know not the man." I believe with all my heart what was going on in his head. I thought I knew him. Man, here we are. I, three years we've been following this guy. Man, I really thought, what, what's he doing? That's not what he's supposed to be doing. You say, what, what happened? He was in a place of confusion. Because his plan and his idea of the way things ought to be was not what God's plans and God's idea of things. And I'm telling you what, the Bible says that Peter went out and wept bitterly. Bitterly. I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life I really prayed hard that God would do this, and God did that. Am I helping anybody today? Sometimes when God don't operate the way we think he ought to, boy, it's discouraging. When God don't answer our prayers like we think he ought to, that's discouraging. We pray for this person to be healed and they get sicker. We, we pray for this one to be healed and they get better. And we, what? What's going on? Listen, this, this place that John found himself in was a place of confusion. A place of confinement. But then, number two, what, what's, the, what's the product of discouragement? What will discouragement what will discouragement always produce in our life? Always. The first thing I see is doubt. Say that with me. Say it again. 
Look what it says. This is what he said. When he got discouraged, this is, this is his response. Art thou he? Say that with me. What was he doing? He was doubting Christ. He, he at one time in his life was so confirmed, was so assured, was so confident. He said, behold, the Lamb of God. He heard the voice. He saw the sign. Everything was just right. But boy, in that place of discouragement, he said, are you sure? Isn't it amazing that we can be in our life at one point so high on the mountain that we think we would never doubt God for a second? And in the next moment, we're wondering, does God even care? We find the disciples in places in their life where they are seeing the miracle working hand of God turning water into wine, healing lepers, healing the blind, uh, raising the dead. Then all of a sudden we're out in a boat riding on the sea and the, the storm comes up and we come to God and say, carest thou not that we perish? Don't you care? Well, there's times we could be so close to God and we could be so right with God and in a place with God in our relationship, in our church services. And man, we feel like we're in heaven already and we've just got the power of God all over us and then something can take place and we can get to the point that we don't even think God cares. Now, if you don't think you're that way, you're in the wrong church because you need to go to the hypocrite's church. Because this is the real church where we, we, we are real. And, and this is where we say, you know, there's times I doubt God. I wish I could stand, I wish I could stand here and say that, 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 that every day of my life that I'm in so total confidence and faith and assurance. That, that, but, but the truth be known, I got to fight doubt every day of my life. And you know... Do you know what it was that brought sin into this world? Doubt. What did Satan say to Eve? Hath God said? Are you sure that's what God said? Are you sure that's what he meant by, are you sure? What was he doing? Before she ever disobeyed, he planted doubt. And see, if Satan can get us doubting our heavenly father, The one thing God wants to see in all of our lives is faith. For without, it's impossible to please God. The just shall live by, are y'all with me? What is the one thing God is seeking in all of our lives? Faith. What's the one thing that kills faith? And when we get discouraged, it produces doubt. Then when we doubt, it produces a detour. A detour. He said, art thou he, that's doubt. Art thou he, that's doubt. Then he says, or do we look for another? You know what will happen when we get discouraged? We'll look for somebody else. We get discouraged in our marriages and we'll try to find somebody else. That's smart, ain't it? Ladies, I know that that other guy seems buff now, but he'll be fluffy before long. 
You can believe it. Hey, and, and, and guys, that, that woman that you think looks like the Coke bottle figure, she'll be a three liter for long. Say amen. <laughs> I said it. I'll sign the CD too. Amen. Zig Ziglar said, listen, marriage is grand, but divorce is a hundred grand. What's the point? It's cheaper to keep her. Say amen. Don't go, don't go looking for somebody else. We, we, we go, oh, if I, if, if I was with her, if I was with him, and it would be, oh, they just as sorry as the one you got. Say amen. Don't be cowards in the house. Preach it, preach it, preach it. Amen. Everybody has problems. Every marriage has issues. Every marriage has problems. There's no such thing as a perfect marriage. There's no such thing. They're made up of people. Don't go, don't go looking for somebody else just because you get discouraged, just because things aren't going right. Get some help. Get some help. Hey, we do the same thing in church, don't we? Get discouraged in church. Well, I'm going to go find me a church. I'm going to go find me a perfect church. Well, you better not join. You'll mess up their record, amen? There's no, there's no perfect churches. There's no perfect churches. They're made up of people. Every church has issues. Every church has problems. Every church has things they deal with. Every Are y'all with me? And when we get discouraged, we think there's something else out there better. And the problem with that is, is the devil will get on your shoulder and he'll go chirping in your ear that there's a better something else. And that's not true. It's not true. Listen, man, I don't have, I want to talk about that some more, but we can't. Discouragement will cause you to look somewhere else. Maybe there's something, there's something different. There's something better. There's something. He says, do we look for another? And then lastly, I want you to see the prescription for discouragement. This is, this is the best part about the whole thing. The disciples leave John's cell. <clears throat> These two disciples leave John's cell and they're headed toward. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being one of those disciples having to ask Jesus? I bet you they argued the whole way there. I ain't asking him. You asked him. No, I ain't asking him. You asked him. He told you to. No, I was standing there. He told, he said, he said, I believe they was. And whoever it was that lost the bet when they got to Jesus, can you imagine? When they get to Jesus, they're saying, look, now, now Jesus, uh, uh, now we don't have this question. We were just sent with it. This is John saying that. I don't even know what I don't even know what John's thinking. But John got a question for you. Uh, are you sure you him? Are, are you sure you're him, or, or do we need to look elsewhere? And Jesus, his response is so awesome. If you put all the Gospels together, the Bible says he comes over to this one and heals him. He says, now go show John this right here. 
He walks over to this one and heals him and says, now go show John this right here. He walks over to here and he heals the blind man and says, go show John this right here. Make sure you tell him what you've seen and what you hear. Are y'all with me? Say amen. What is the prescription for discouragement? You need to sometimes rehearse past work. Say that with me. Rehearse past work. Sometimes you just need to sit back and remember. When you're in the dark, when you're in the valley, when you're in that place of discouragement, you need to remember what God has already done. You need to remember when he turned the water into wine. You need to remember when he healed the blind man. You need to remember when he healed the deaf man. You need to remember when he healed the lame man. You need to remember when God answered your prayer. You need to remember that mountaintop experience and that valley he's already brought you through because if God did it then, he can do it now. You need to remember. Man, there's times I get down and I get discouraged and I get in that, that black cloud. And, and boy, I, I, all I do is I sit back and I remember, yes, God, you got us out of the little building. Yes, God, you gave us 100 when we were praying. Yes, God, you gave us 200 when we were praying. Yes, God, you gave us this building and that building. Oh, God, I don't know what I'm thinking. I know that you can do it. If you did it then, you can do it now. You're the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Oh, God, thank you for your power. Thank you for your mercy thank you for your presence I'm telling you it'll bless your socks off sometimes we got to sit back and count our many blessings name them one by one are y'all with me rehearse the past works and what God has done for us amen best part of the whole thing right here right here I got so emotional in the first service I just started crying thinking about what Jesus did for John listen when they came, you got to understand, when they came, when they came, Jesus is ministering to probably thousands of people. There's probably, everywhere he went, he had crowds of people. And, and, and when they came and told Jesus what John had said, I can imagine how this crowd responded. I can imagine, especially if this is a Baptist crowd. I tell you what, John ain't, you know, he ain't all that, I, I tell you that. Yeah, he was all big and bad while he was behind that pulpit. Yeah, he was all something back there and preaching down at all of us, talking about repent and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, look at John now. Y'all don't look all sophisticated at me. The worst place you could ever get discouraged in church. You get discouraged in a bar and they'll buy you a drink. Get discouraged in church, they'll talk about you. But Jesus knew all that. And the Bible says as they were leaving, he turns and looks at the crowd. He says, who did you think you was going to see when you went to see John? Did you think you was just going to see some sissy in soft clothing? Did you just see, did you think you was just going to go see a, a reed blowing in the wind? In other words, a Johnny come lately? What, what was you expecting? What did you think you went, a prophet? Hey, let me tell you something. It's more than a prophet. Because there ain't been a man born of woman greater than John the Baptist. Son, let me tell you something. What does that mean, preacher? That means this. In your, see, see, Jesus had every right, every right to say, say what? Am I he? What do you mean am I he? 
Doesn't he remember that baptismal service? Doesn't he remember the dove descending from heaven and lighting upon me? Doesn't he remember the word he got from my father? Doesn't he remember the voice from heaven? What's he thinking? How dare he doubt me? See, that's how we would respond. (laughs) But not Jesus. Jesus said, John, I got you back. It's okay. He defended John to the crowd he was preaching to. And that tells me when I'm in my darkest day, and I'm in my deepest pit, and I'm in my place when I don't even think that God loves me, Jesus has got my back. Even I'm discouraged. Even when he has every right to chew me out and wonder why I'm doubting him, he's got my back. These disciples, can you, can you imagine them running back to John? Woo-hoo! It's always good to have good news. Now they're fighting who gets to tell. John, you ain't going to believe it. You ain't, John's discouraged. He's in the pit. He's in that place. He's so, he's so distraught. He says, what did he say? What'd he say? John, you ain't going to believe it. We saw him heal a blind man. We saw him heal a lame man. We saw him heal a sick man. We saw, you saw that? Yeah, with our own eyes. He did it right in front of us, John. Is that right? Yeah, man. He said, maybe he's the one. Yeah, but John, that ain't all. What do you mean that ain't all? Oh, John, that ain't all. You ain't going to believe what he said about you? What did he say? He said, John, you're the greatest. He said, John, you're the man. What's the point? It don't matter how discouraged you get with him. He don't ever get discouraged with you. Give him praise. Give him praise. Listen, when you get down, just say, God, show me again. God, show me again. Remind me. Remind me what you've done for me. Remind me what I mean to you. And I promise you this. You won't be discouraged long. And all God's people said, Father, we thank you, Lord, for your mercy, your kindness, your grace. Lord, I know in a room this size, there sure is a lot of discouraged people. Lord, I want to give them an invitation right now to find a place in this altar right now. Just right now. Just find a place in this altar and say, God, encourage me. Help me. God, I've been discouraged with my life. I've been discouraged with my job. I've been discouraged with my family. I've been discouraged in my relationships. I've been discouraged in my finances. You seem like everywhere I turn, I've been discouraged. I've been down. The devil's been beating me up.